Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, Kevin here. I hope you're safe and well. It's hard to know what day it is, but this should be a listener's questions episode. But please note it was recorded just before football was postponed because of you know what. Hello and welcome to the Price of Football podcast, the podcast that follows the money behind the beautiful game. I said that a bit too loudly there, Kevin, didn't I? You, you jumped slightly. <laughs> you woke me up. I Sorry about that, yeah, because normally you're like an Indian, you're totally impassive, there's no <laughs> movement. When, when your body doesn't require you to move, you don't move at all. You're just, you're in the jungle, it's still, like you can't see you on a tree, but now you're alert, you're awake, I've waved the spreadsheet in front of you. Oh. This is, yeah, so Kieran, Kieran Maguire is the, um, a lecturer in football finance at Liverpool University, um, He's the prophet in our books. He's the he's the he's the guru. Um, uh, it's a Monday again. Yeah, we say that every week. It's a Monday again. They keep coming around Mondays. So that means, of course, that the price of football is driven by your questions. And however, we've got a very interesting selection. So coming up, we've got another visit to Germany. We've talked about that recently, and it's there's been quite a bit of feedback. Um, we're going to Portsmouth. We're going to talk about player pensions. And we're going to talk about whether players can be self-employed. So there's some proper accountancy stuff for you. Yeah, so you can sexy, sexy. Yeah, you want to take a big deep breath before we plunge in? <laughs> Do you want, you want, don't want to calm you down a little bit with. Uh, now, Mark Widley has asked our first question. Um, I, again, it's one of those questions. It's, it's it's almost so simple, but yet it's actually quite significant because Mark points out that you know, sensible Premier League players will stop playing football around the age of 35 and hopefully never have to work again. Um, because they'll have earned so much money and invested it wisely, uh, or their agent would have done for them. But his question is about lower league players. I mean, if a lower league player gets retires at 35, is there a, a, a pension? Is there, do the PFA give them a, a pension? Is there any kind of payoff? Do the club give them a payout? Or do they just hopefully got enough money to live on or like they did in the old days, have to buy a pub? Well, under the... Uh, and here I'm indebted to uh, a guy called Ian Goodwin, who's a who's a tax expert uh, for, for accountants taxes that is our favorite three-letter word ending in x in fact for many of them it's the only three-letter word ending in x in their lives um <laughs> not the baron and <laughs> until 2006 a player if he would paid money into a pension scheme was able to retire and draw down on that pension but the rules have been changed. And was this a PFA pension scheme? Or this was an EFL, effectively. Oh, a, a, yeah, a, a, so it would okay. be organised by the clubs. Um, and that was fine, except the pensions weren't very good, because right. if you're a lower league player, you pay effectively, it was linked to the amounts that you were paying in. Right. 
So uh, given that you're likely to live till you know, 80, then 45 years. Yeah. So it wasn't really worth happening. Uh, HMRC have changed the rules. Footballers can now take their pension from the age of 55. Uh, so they, they have they got a long time to wait from retiring so within the game. They can't get it out. They can't take it out. No. They've got to wait until they're 55. <sighs> but it's probably doing them a favour because if they started taking it at 35, what the actuaries would say, well, hold on, you're not going to die for another 45 years. This is how much money you've paid into the scheme. Spread that over 45 years. You're going to get buttons each year. Remind me what an actuary is. I mean, I do know, but there might be people listening to this who don't know what an actuary is. An, an, an actuary is, uh, is a mathematical genius who works out when you're going to die. Oh, OK. It sounds a bit like my wife, but without the mathematical genius thing, it's more of a prediction in her case sometimes. Um, but so in that case, then that 20 years on, presumably within that will be accruing interest, and that will so we're quite decent lump sum. Yep, um, and you know, and the player would be able to, of course, uh, contribute towards that pension if they move into another career. Um, oh, okay, and, right. you, and, and you know, you you just you can you can put all of your money into a single pension pot. And obviously, they can do stuff because you know, when, you know, I'm lucky. I mean, I'm freelance, but I can work. I have to work forever, basically. But nominally, I've got other pension schemes. So presumably, footballers would be advised to do that as well, would they? To... Yeah, and and I think here's here's one of the biggest problems for footballers is that. Um, as we, we tend to live lifestyles and, and we get involved in a certain level of expenditure. And when you retire, you've still got all of your lifestyle expenses from you know, the cars that you've got, the houses you've got, the expectations in terms of where your, your family expect to go on holiday and things of this nature. And all of a sudden the income stops. And, and that's that's the biggest problem that they have. Uh, and that, that's why 40 percent of players become bankrupt. 40 percent. Of course, you've said yeah. that before. It's an astonishing figure, isn't it? Yeah. They should be like you because your biggest luxury is iced water, isn't it? It is. It's literally, it's your biggest luxury is iced. That's what a party animal. Kieran is very proud of his, what is it, his reverse vacuum that keeps yeah. your water icy cold. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. I, the reason these Monday pods are short is because I can't get through half an hour without a bottle of wine. <laughs> and you carry your iced water with you at all times. Um, that's a good question, Mark. Thank you. And that's a distressing fact. It, it does seem that PFA have got work to do in terms of financial edge instruction for because i mean they, they join a club at a very early age they're not exposed to financial education our schools don't do enough to teach financial education do they no, no i mean I, i've worked for a charity called young enterprise which goes into schools and and tries to give kids an understanding as to you know what what money means and how it works and you know just uh, now you know that it's the fact that charity is having to do the so, work, yeah, which, which should, should be done be, by, uh, you know, should be part of the, the, the oh. national curriculum, is is, is a is, isn't a isn't a vote of confidence in, in the way that we have our education system. I think one of the big problems we've got in football is that you're dealing with with young men yeah, who aren't financially literate because why should they mm. be that the case? They therefore become reliant um, upon their managers and advisors, who the minute that they retire disappear. Yes, of course. Well, there you go. But luckily, there's another end to the financial uh, scale, and Man City are very much it. Uh, it's a question from Luke Slater. The, the Man City thing is, is rumbling on, of course. Still no outcome as to the appeal. Uh, Luke says, assuming that the ban is upheld, could it actually pos- possibly work in City's favour? Because I guess that they will just spend, or rather Luke guesses, that they will just spend Champions League weeks playing you know, lucrative friendlies across the globe, wouldn't they? 
Well, whilst, whilst that's possible, there, there's, I think there's two issues here. First of all, there, there is the travel issue. Um, I, I don't think the manager would be over keen on, on losing the players for two or three days, schlepping it all over the world. And secondly, you've got to ask yourself, who's the opposition going to be? Because you know, the one thing which, yeah, the, the, the one thing which really came out of the Manchester City ruling was the um, undisguised glee of mm. other major clubs mm. in Europe. So they're, they're already in the Champions League themselves, so that's going to take yeah. away those oppositions. Yeah, yeah. So um, who are you going to be playing? Is it going to be the Tokyo All-Stars 11 um, against a Manchester City 11? Uh, you're going through so many time zones. Uh, I, I don't think that would be very, uh, very much in the interest of player development. Um, it, surely Manchester City will just spend that season making sure that they hoover up the Premier League. Yeah. Or they could turn themselves into the football equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters and make a cartoon, which is going to mean nothing to anybody under the age of 45. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they used to brighten up a bank holiday Monday, didn't oh, they? The Harlem amazing. Globetrotters, yeah. Medal Out Lemon, oh, those are the days. So just pause for a moment while two middle-aged men <laughs> peer <laughs> back nostalgically <laughs> to a time which was dreadful to live through. Um, Chris Mint has got a question. We talked about the, the chaos caused by the Hoffenheim owner and the protests in Germany. Um, and I think we've talked about quite often about how... English football fans who have our sort of romance and love for the game look across to Germany as, as the the ideal way to do it. And there's a lot of English fans who follow St. Pauli, which is Hamburg's other team, the traditional left-wing working-class team, which has garnered them some support over here. So Chris, basically, is a St. Pauli fan, would like to know about their commercial side. How do they sustain themselves in crowds of about 20,000, 25,000, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a 30,000-capacity stadium. They, right. they practically sell out every match. Um what I think is is noticeable about St Pauli is that for a club in Bundesliga 2, um, I, I took a look at their most recent accounts, that they're generating income of 55 million euros a year, of which a very significant chunk of that is coming from the commercial arm because they have invented themselves as the anti-heroes yeah, of yeah. not only uh, German football, but I, I think European football as a whole. Um, yeah, they've got a ground where there's, there's 17,000 standing uh, area, which which is great in in terms of the the vibe that they want to create. It, yeah, it's like an amazing experience Union, to go there. Union Berlin, similar sort of vibe, basically. Yep. Um, and and I'm, I'm guessing as well, San Paolo. There's a lot of every t- I went onto the website because I'd like to do some research. Uh, it would be quite nice if you and I could agree how you pronounce their name, but we'll, we'll, that's, that's part of the mystique of this pod, isn't it, really? <laughs> Somebody German will tell us, and then you'll insult them for being arrogant, which is another of your memes. Um, I, I, I guess there's probably a thousand non-German football fans at every San Pauli game, because their website is covered in social media sites from San Pauli fan group there's a, from in Glasgow, Manchester, London, all over Italy, Holland... You've got people who probably have a similar view to football that we have, who who follow them and go to games a lot. Yes, uh, and and I think that they have um, they've tapped into that without yeah. selling out. I mean, uh, I've, they've they've got their their the list of you know five or six principles by which they stand in terms of we represent this area of Hamburg, yeah. and 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 we want to reflect the the values of our local community. And and you read that, and, and you, you do feel sort of you know, a bit of a swell in the heart, and so on. Um, I think they've been quite clever in in the way that they want to be seen as a development club as well so if you take a look at the uh, the, the Bundesliga TV deal um, a part of that money is based on the number of minutes of play that you give to players who are under 23 so St Pauli have gone for that they've Sorry. gone for 
That's very progressive from the TV company, isn't it? I think it's well, it's, it's come from the Bundesliga itself. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, well, they, it, well. because because the TV company says here's a load of money. Fine, you do. It's how you split it up is down to you. Um, the Bundesliga so, does sound cool. Yeah, I think there are so many things which are cool about German could, football. Yeah, that we could learn. Uh, with, with the exception of the way the Bundesliga deals with uh, racism in their own sport. So, yeah, yeah, for, yeah for, but yeah, so at least that is being, would being it, highlighted. I, 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 I hate using this expression, but there's no way around it sometimes because I haven't got the imagination to find another word, even though I'm a, a wordsmith. The narrative of, of San Pauli is like, almost not suited by being in the Bundesliga which, from their point of view, as a club that sells itself as an outsider, as an underdog, is quite a clever way of marketing yourself, isn't it, really? Because not being in the Bundesliga, in the top division, isn't a disaster for them, is it? No, no. To to be generating that level of income um, for for a second division club, given that that German clubs in general uh, are are far less wealthy than than English clubs because the the German TV deal is, is... significantly lower I, th- I think is, uh, is is testament to their ability to tap into all of these fan groups from all over Europe because a, a bit like when when fans go to Old Trafford you go to you go to uh, Hamburg and you you buy the shirt and you buy the beanie hat and you you'd, you drink an awful lot in the ground itself yeah. Um, and, and yeah we're all toasting each other uh, in terms of you know solidarity and bondship and all of this and and the club makes money on the back of that but that's fine. It, it, it doesn't make profits. It breaks even each year because the, the the business model is that we're not being funded by outside sources. We don't have a sugar daddy. We are a community club and therefore we don't expect the community to subsidise us. Does it ever occur to you, Kieran, that if every fan was like you and only drank iced water, most of the clubs in this country would go under? If 25,000 fans would say, I don't want the beer, I'll just have the ice water, just, just, clubs would be losing money hand over fist. It's people like me are keeping football going. That's that's very commendable. Of, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 that's, that's why you do my yeah. drinking for me. It's selfless heavy drinkers like me that are keeping local businesses in the form of pubs and football teams going. Thank you, Carlsberg. You're welcome. No, did, did, I ever, did I ever get a thank you? Of course you don't. Um, Sean McCarthy, uh, not a week goes by without us mentioning Berry. Uh, and Sean McCarthy makes a very interesting point, actually, because he, he, he says Portsmouth a while ago, after their glory is in the Premier League, sank to the lowest depths and were in a shockingly bad financial situation, arguably worse than Berry's was at the end. So his question basically is, why do some clubs manage a miracle when other clubs, like well, Berry, not? able to do so can you find similarities and differences in in such different cases well i think the main difference is that uh, portsmouth was was played by a series of owners as a form of pass the parcel um and each owner tried to to sell it to to find another mug to buy it at a slightly higher price eventually the music stopped with regards to that particular game um and the owners at that point realized that the game was up the club went into administration the difference with Berry is that Berry have never been put into administration. Steve Dale is still the owner of Berry Football Club. Right, okay. And the reason for that is that he is is a horrible human being. That's fine. Um, Legally, we're fine with that. Aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's, I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, but he's playing a long game. Uh, the, the local council at Berry have said 
um, well, you can you can only sell it uh, and, and it be used as a football ground. Now they're saying that in 2020, Dale's smart enough to realise is that he he just sits on it for three or four years. It becomes overgrown. Um, you, a you then council get comes different in. council. Yeah bit of vandalism you get a traveler's community moving on on the pitch and everybody's kicking off and Similar all of these things, things. Newport, it's happened to other clubs isn't yeah it? yeah and then uh, he goes to the council and says look yeah one way of dealing with this is you know, let me let me do this for redevelopment for uh, commercial uh, or retail or uh, you know, uh, you know for, for, for dwellings and then the council says well that now appears to be the lesser of two evil yeah. and the words Kurt and Ching are put together Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? I, I, I really wish we could get through a, a couple of weeks without mention of that man's name. I hesitate to... Which, again, is, we can only say we send our good wishes to everybody trying to revive Berry Football Club, whichever Phoenix club is, the one that prevails. Phil Shadwell asked a question that actually has echoes of, of my world, the world of show business, which is technically what I'm in, by the skin of my teeth. And well, you're sharing, you're sharing a, a room <laughs> with me, so <laughs> I don't you that show business. Um, now, this is a good question. I, it, this didn't occur to, that it could possibly happen now in... In in my world, this is an issue, certainly the BBC, where some high-profile performers are, aren't paid as employees of the BBC. They're, they're paid as businesses. So his question is, can a player be paid as a business and therefore only pay 90% corporation tax? Or are they all club employees and therefore liable to pay the highest 40% income tax? Right. At present, there are a number of investigations by HMRC into the, the tax affairs of football clubs, agents um, and players, a lot has to do with this very issue. What uh, some players' contracts have said is that, let's say that the player is on £100,000 a week um, and therefore half of that is going to be for the player's image rights and the image rights are paid to a separate company. So would that not be in the contract? That could be in the contract. Right. And that's, that's legal. Right. But what the revenue will then say is, well, Actually, the reason why you've signed that contract in such a particular way is because if the player is on a hundred grand a week, then he's paying tax. He should be paying income tax at forty-five percent, right. and 
what you've tried to do is to organise his tax affairs in such a way that the, the half of the money is going to the company. The company is then paying uh, tax at 19%. And what the company will do is it will simply keep that money, uh, keep keep all the, 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 un, the non-tax element within the company. And then when the player retires, they start to pay him out a wage and therefore he's paying tax at a lower rate. Or what they might do alternatively is, again, the image rights company gets the money, and then the image rights company employs the the players, parents, siblings, wags, and so on, and therefore they end up paying tax at a lower rate. So there's various uh, silver-tongued people within the uh, the community that are doing that. What the revenue have said is that we're not particularly happy with that, so here's the deal. You can pay let's say, I think they normally have a ceiling of 20%. So if 20% of your income goes to the image rights company, we're fine with that. Anything above, we're going to investigate a little bit more closely. Yeah, what's depressing about this as well, these shenanigans, I think we're allowed to call them. I think that's that's a tax word. Is that two weeks ago, you were telling me about the EFL stopping Accrington's chairman buying his own players fish and chips because that's not in their contract. And yet these sort of financial games that are 30 miles down the road are going on. Mm. It's it's just it's just not right. It, it, oh, it's anyway. Accounting and morality aren't words in the same sentence. Well, I'm I'm increasingly learning every time I go to the pub with you for a nice water. I'm learning that <laughs> very much. <laughs> Your morals of an alley cat this man's got. <laughs> um, the Aristocats would have been a worse film, wouldn't it, if all the cats were accountants? And that's just by the way. A uh, uh, final question is from Daniel Walker. Now this this follows a discussion we had recently about Villa. Um, and your uh, tweet that you sent that had no meaning whatsoever, just facts, which caused some issues. But Daniel, his question is, you know, we, we had, they're, they're free of any FFP uh, suspicion. That's over as far as you're concerned. They're, they're, uh, they're happy with the valuation of the ground that they sold to themselves, etc. Daniel's question, if Villa go down, what are the ramifications in general for their finance? And will they have the same... QPR had issues with suspended FFP problems, but that's that's not that's gone now. So that the second part of that question presumably doesn't exist. So we're only talking about potential financial ramifications if Villa go down, are we? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the ramifications are that all of a sudden you lose 60 or 70 million pounds of TV money, um, and you've got to cut your cloth cut your cloth accordingly. Um, could they face sanctions by the EFL? What we now have because they lost. They, they operated at a terrific loss in the championship, didn't they, before? They, they did. But what, what you're allowed to do under FFP, um, I, I did I did a calculation of Villa's FFP, which so, showed that they actually lost £176 million in three years. The, the, the FFP limit is 39. And then I went through on a line-by-line basis showing how actually by the time you put through all of these... Uh, allowable adjustments um you were down to 17 million and villa seemed to to qualify mainly on the back of selling villa park to themselves even though they've not been paid for it and this this is the crazy thing um which sorry what do you mean they've not been paid for it if if you if you take a look at the accounts it says they've sold the ground for 57 million pounds they've not given themselves the money but they've not given themselves the money (laughs) every see every now and again on this part i'm normally i'm a quick thinking man I'm normally able to keep up with what we were saying. That, that, how can that... Well, how is that right? 
well, they they say they owe themselves fifty-seven million pounds. They've not got round to paying it. Now, what I know. Now, I owe, well, on that basis, I owe myself five hundred thousand quid. I've just decided. That's well, how can that be allowed? Because and I, I, yeah, this is no yeah. I, this is no comment on Villa by it. No. I'm saying this if this was any club. This is not a criticism of Villa's. I don't want a repeat of that terrible, terrible what we call Villa Day in my house now, where I forgot to mute silence Twitter and I got involved in all the angry arguments. How is that allowed? Well, for me... Is it allowed? It's allowed under the EFL rules. If if you take a look at Sheffield Wednesday and the sale of Hillsborough, exactly the same thing uh, has occurred. Now, if you think about your your most precious asset, which is going to be, apart from the good lady wife, of course, is going to be your house. Um, Well, my son listens to this, so let's throw him... Okay, right, and the cat. And the cat, Yeah, You've met the cat. I've met the cat. Yeah. if you think about the sale of your house, the one thing that you do when you sell a house is you make sure that the, the person that's buying it from you has paid you. Of course. Um, or is able is able to pay you that. But yeah, because you you can't because you're looking to move on. Yeah, or you mortgage do, companies do that. There are people that do yeah, that for me. Exactly. But, I, and you, but you know you make damn sure, and that's what you, that's the job of your solicitor. What we've seen in the cases of both Sheffield Wednesday and Aston Villa is that these the properties have been sold to other companies, and these other companies have simply not paid for the football stadium. So could that go on indefinitely? Yeah. Does it not come a stage where the EFL or the Premier League say, where, when are they paying you? I don't think the I don't think the EFL or the Premier League will, will get involved. They said we we investigated you in the year that the sale went through. If we're happy with those prices, we'll move on and investigate something else. I mean, God knows I'm not an expert. We all know that. Everybody listens to this. But that seems like a major loophole to me, doesn't it? Yep. You're more calm about it than I am, aren't you? I would again. Well, I said last week 28 stories. And that's because this, this makes 29 stories now we're, we're going to have to keep an eye on because I, I generally am taken aback by that that information. I, I see... I see the logic of a club selling the ground to itself. I get that. I, yep. I, whether it's well, right or wrong. But, but, well, it's the club owner that's buying but, it. In yes, effect, yeah. yeah. But I, and I see the logic of that and how yep. that works. Find that. But to, to then to say it's sold, but we haven't paid. I don't. Hmm. I'm generally flabbergasted. Yeah, so so, so I've, I've, go, I've, go home tonight, sell your own house to yourself for a million pounds, and say I've just made a load of money, Kevin. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll pay you in a in a few years' time. Well, okay. So next time we do the pod, I'll be a millionaire. Exactly. Yeah, so there'll be two millionaires on the pod next time. You'll be the accountancy millionaire, I'll be the a, the, a fake made-up millionaire. Well, we've also got producer Guy sitting in the other the room. The real millionaire. Well, <laughs> yes. there's, always, there's always the Illuminati who work at levels above <laughs> us, mere people. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, literally, I feel like Steve Coogan on that on that bombshell. This, uh, we leave the Price of Football has been adapted production. If you have questions about Villa or any of the other 28 running stories we now have, um, which is not, but we're not far short of half the club so far. We've only been doing this six months. Uh, questions at priceoffootball.com and leave your good reviews for us. Uh, you can leave bad reviews if you want. I don't read them. I'm, they're only drawn to my attention. So as long, you can write anything you want yes. as long as it's five stars. Yeah, I'm only assuming we get a good review. I'm because I presume Guy doesn't tell me about the bad reviews because no. he knows how sensitive we, we, I am. We but... get we get very good reviews. I know we do. I know. Well, the ones I'm told about, we get good numbers, and one day we'll actually get paid for it. The price of football.
the price of football.